Welcome to the Sphinx Links podcast. I'm Georgina Holmes and we'll be progressing through time to uncover the mysterious world of life on Earth. From the emergence of life and evolution of us to the first civilizations and innovations which got us where we are today. I hope you enjoy the show. We're not on some kind of straight upward trajectory. The evolution is obviously still happening, that we didn't evolve from primates, that we evolved alongside them. The more you study primates, the more you understand what it is to be human. In today's episode, I will be discussing primatology with Charlotte Frearson. Charlotte works as part of the Institute of Archaeology at University College London, and you'll likely find her behind the UCL Archaeology social media pages. She studied archaeology at Southampton before coming to UCL and completing her Master's in Human Evolution and Animal Behaviour, focusing on, you guessed it, primates. So, let's dive in. So Charlotte, as an introduction, what is primatology? Okay, so um, primatology is specifically the study, uh, behaviour, biology, evolution, taxonomy of non-human primates. So our, so we're all primates, but there are non, non-human primate cousins, as it were. So anything that's not human, but under the primate bracket we study. And so what made you decide to do a master's focused on primatology? So it's a slightly long-winded story. Um, I got into archaeology because I grew up and I got into archaeology when I was about four. I lived in the Middle East and I saw this amazing like uh, settlement in the middle of the desert. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, I, wanted, I want to study this. So I ended up going through and then we moved back to Colchester in Essex and it's all Roman. I thought, this is amazing. I do Romans. And I went to university in Southampton um to study archaeology specifically and then when I got there they have an excellent team of people that uh, teach and study human evolution and I very swiftly realized that human evolution was more my thing and I remember we had a professor called James Steele who still actually teaches now at UCL with us um but he was teaching us about Homo erectus and he was crawling across a front desk teaching us how Homo erectus wasn't fully bipedal and he'd like crawl around and it was just so cool. Um and learning about how far in the past our ancestors went without really learning about that much at school then. And then by the th- I think second year of university, I studied this course called Life Cycles. It was all about human life cycles and primate life cycles and learning about infancy through to death. And we had this lecturer called Yvonne Marshall, who was spectacular, amazing. You know, you know, it must be like at school having a great teacher. Um, she was the first really great lecturer um, that, you know, spoke to me about human evolution and primates. And I remember she took us to Marwell Zoo in Hampshire. And at Marwell Zoo, she studied the Salawazi macaques. Look, look up the Salawazi ones. They're, they're awesome. They're these little uh, black macaques and they sometimes have like really spiky hair on top. And then, yeah, she took us there and we looked at the macaques. And I remember going around Marwell and we were looking or well, listening to gibbons and um, looking at all the primates. And and then after that, I was like, OK, so we had to do our dissertation. So every university does a dissertation or every student does a, um, a long dissertation on a piece of research in their third year. And I was like, oh, I I'm quite practical, not great at library research. So I thought, okay, what can I do? And within an archaeology degree, I somehow managed to do a dissertation on prime uh, on spider monkeys. So spider monkeys um, have a very long tail, and at the end of the tail, they have um, they have a prehensile tail, so they can they've almost like it's almost like another hand or, an, or a thumb. So when they hold on to things, they can really grip with this tail. 
somehow I managed to get working well my research I did at Colchester Zoo and I worked there for three or four months and I got to go in every morning and sit within the well not inside the spied monkey enclosure um I wasn't that close to them but within like the walls of it so I got very close to the spider monkeys and I ended up watching spider monkeys for six weeks all over summer researching them writing down their behavior and specifically the behavior of the the infants with the um other members of the primate group so not just obviously the mothers but everybody that interacted with the infants and how they interacted and how they played and my idea was to compare well not compare it but to think about it in terms of our um human ancestors so i was watching these spider monkeys and they were i mean amazing you know when you start watching primates every day you realize the things that we have in common you realize how different we are you realize how amazing they are the things they can do um that we you know, like, like the way they can just climb up a wall and end up hanging from the ceiling. <clears throat> you start watching them and the way they behave with each other. Um, and, you know, I'd go around the zoo and look at all the other animals. And it meant I got a free pass to the zoo for the whole summer, which was frankly my dream. I'd go around and watch the other primates as well, but it was specifically the spider monkeys. And, yeah, watching how they interacted with each other. And from that, I got a better understanding of how humans interact with each other. Um, and you start looking at everything very, you know, differently when you start realising these are our, <clears throat> they're not, we, we didn't evolve from primates, we evolved alongside them. So we all have, a, you know, there are common ancestors from which the primates branched out. Um, and you, you realise the way, you know, what we've developed, what they've developed and how we all, um, how we all, yeah, have evolved. Um, and it's interesting that obviously I'm looking at them in the zoo and, then you get the kind of you know moral questions around should we have primates in zoos should we have zoos yeah um and I'm sitting there watching them and they're watching me and they were very much watching me um gosh I I wish I knew what they were thinking about me but yeah so and then after that I took a year out and on that year out I read a lot of books about primatology specifically one called Good Natured by Franz Duval um really interesting book about primates and how they help each other and it's it's an interesting book. And I read that and then I found out about the course at UCL run by Professor Volker Summer, who's a famous um, <clears throat> primatologist. And he works in India on the um, Hanuman Langas. And he runs a project in Nigeria called the Gashaka Gumti Chimpanzee Project. And I read all about him and watched some YouTube videos of him talking. And I thought, yes, he's uh, he's eccentric. I like him. Um and I applied for the course at UCL to do human evolution and primatology because it was one of the only courses that really focused on the two side by side. So we learned about so that the course was specifically within anthropology. So it was very much bioanth. Um, there was some options for social anthropology and medical anthropology and some material culture. But I focused on things like paleoanth. Um, so looking at human evolution stone tools um you know how we how we developed how we changed over time and the primatology module was just exceptional so we obviously went to london zoo and looked at the primates and then i ended up doing a dissertation on primates but ended up going to berlin zoo so i went to berlin zoo and we i saw some um, bonobos for the first time i'd never seen bonobos before you know we, we're taught that bonobos are the, the good natured uh, primates and obviously that's kind of kind of a nonsense really um i mean they are you know uh, it's meant to be that like chimpanzees are the mean ones and you know there's there's obviously <laughs> differences between them um 
yeah, so I ended up in that and then ended up doing a, another dissertation on primates. Um, and then some, for some reason, I left the field after that, but have always stayed in reading about them. Well, so many traits that are seen in different primate groups can be linked to human behaviour. Mm. So um, I just want to pick up that you you were studying them in zoos. And do you think it's better to study primates in zoos? And do you think that gives an accurate representation of their behaviour or better if you could have studied them in the wild? Yeah, I mean, I would have much rather studied them in the wild. Absolutely. And it was very specifically noted that I was studying them in zoos it wasn't at all like this is an accurate study of spider monkeys it was very much this is an this is a study of um captive spider monkeys um and what that can tell us and obviously captured spider monkeys interact with humans every day yeah um I remember once they it was I had a moment with them one of them one of them took my hand and sniffed it that was it it touched my hand for some reason I was too obviously too close but it touched my hand um he touched my hand rather and then he sniffed it and I was like okay and I sniffed mine and it just smelled like poo I was like wow <laughs> we've had a moment it's a beautiful <laughs> moment wow that really smells um but yeah I think it would have been much better studying them so my dream my absolute dream study would be looking at um uh oh my my brain's completely gone again gelada baboons there we go gelada baboons um in Ethiopia so they are um they're grazers and they graze and they kind of shuffle about and they they're called the bleeding heart monkeys because a lot of monkeys like um, macaques have the um, have big swollen bottoms um, that show others you know um, what stage they are uh, and but these macaques have the um, the uh, the gelada baboons rather have the bleeding hearts um, yeah. And that would have been my absolute dream project, and it still is, to go and study them in, in you know, in the wild. Um, I think there's, yeah, I would have absolutely loved to. I think it was very much at the time about money that, you know, obviously it costs a lot to go somewhere like, I think, the the black spider monkeys I was studying were from Ecuador um, and South America. And at that point, I just couldn't, I couldn't go. Yeah. So that kind of throws up the whole you know, I, I definitely have reservations about zoos, but I wouldn't have seen them without the zoo. So, yeah, it's really, you know, it's one of those discussions that's a, a whole minefield of um, of uh, morality and what we should do about it. You know, I think I can't even look at orangutans in a zoo anymore because I think orangutans are so, so human. And yeah. just looking at an orangutan, I'm like, I can't because this is literally like, you know you're you're a human in the cage like it, um, yeah it feels wrong yeah absolutely but I wouldn't have seen an orangutan without being in a zoo so it's really I find it really complicated um even now and I'm nearly well I won't say how old I am uh but older <laughs> um but yeah it's yeah it's definitely better I would say to study them in the wild but it does throw up lots of interesting questions studying them in captivity um and I think when you you know I, I was at a Colchester Zoo is an excellent zoo. Um, it's a research zoo. They have researchers there all the time. And I think in some zoos, especially when I was a kid, you see uh, primates and other animals displaying, um, you know, that kind of repetitive behaviour um, that you can tell they're, they're not OK, you know, when cats pace or. Um, yeah. And, and these these primates weren't doing that. I wouldn't their behavior wasn't at all natural because obviously they are in captivity we are holding them in a small cage that's not not huge but bigger um so 
yeah, I would say definitely if you can study them in the wild, do. Um, and I wouldn't say it's the next best thing. I would say it's a thing that if you can't study them in the wild and you have to study them somewhere, then a zoo, you know, will have to do. But I do think in the future we'll all look back and think, gosh, that was um, that was an interesting thing to do, put animals in zoos. Um, equally, I think I feel the same way about the dog when I'm walking him. I always walk him on the lead because he's a whippet and he'd just run if I let him off on the street. Obviously, you know, cause chaos. But I do think one day people will look back and be like, you kept dogs on leads? Yeah, so not not a hugely um, helpful answer, but I guess I'm still, com- um, you know, it's complicated for me. I think a lot of what we've learnt from them um, is beneficial. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this this morning when, uh, you know, how you learn from, from primates. And obviously someone like... Um, uh, Jane Goodall or uh, the lady that studies orangutans is uh, I think you say her name Burita Gaudicas and um, and there was Diane Fossey as well who studied gorillas and they were all mm. under um, Leaky so they all studied the three different you know chimpanzees orangutans and gorillas and that, that research is you know essential um, but even when you read some of like Jane Goodall's notes and I was studying um, specific behaviours, and she'd come back and say, "My chimpanzees don't don't display those behaviours." And it was like, "Okay, but that's bizarre because other people have said they do. Do you not yeah. want them?" To? So it's a really, yeah, it's, I think it's it's a really interesting, um, really interesting area to to think about. Should how should we study them? How we should study them rather? It's something that really needs thinking about, and I certainly think it'd be preferable to be studying. Um, animal behavior in the habitat in which it evolved in which it it learned these behaviors rather than in an enclosure where there are many unnatural factors um, playing a role in in what we're observing so let's take a minute and link primatology back to humanity and what primatology has taught you about humanity and evolution well i think that's a really interesting question because i was I suppose I was about 20 when I started studying primates um, and I've always been interested in animals. I remember at school, you know, that question I'm sure you've had, what do you want to do? What career do you want to do? And I, I very much, I was very shy at school. So I just said, I want to study rocks or animals and everybody laughed. And naturally I've, I've grown up to study rocks and animals because I'm an archaeologist <laughs> that likes primates. So, you know, it's kind of happened anyway. Um, I think, I didn't know much about evolution when I went to university and I don't we, we weren't taught about it at school particularly I did biology a level but it was very much focused on human biology but not evolution um so just going in and learning about how we're not on some kind of straight upward trajectory um that evolution is obviously still happening that we didn't evolve from primates that we evolved alongside them that we have common ancestors where we all you know link together millions and millions of years ago and that for the first time, we are the first, pretty much the first human species on the planet, only human species, rather. So before now, there's always been, you know, um, us and Neanderthals or, um, you know, Homo erectus and different species at the same time. So I find it really interesting when people talk about human evolution and we're kind of like the pinnacle. And obviously, we're not the pinnacle. We do things wrong all the time. Um, this world certainly isn't perfect. And I think from human evolution, you start learning that, that you know, people talk about us being like, you know, so amazing. And then you think, well, hang on a minute, our ancestors were on this planet longer than we have been on this planet. You know, they created the first tools. 
And I find that absolutely, I mean, I love lithics. I love looking at, we've got some um, stone tools from Olduvai Gorge at work and I take them into schools and I always say to the kids, how old do you think this is? And they're like, well, do you know? And I'm like, this is a million years old and this was um, worked by one of our human ancestors. Um, and I don't think yeah. they're particularly impressed by that, but I'm always just like, I love this. It's so hard to comprehend that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost impossible to think about that, especially when you're talking to like eight-year-olds, to comprehend that amount of time. Yeah. And that you're holding something that was made by someone who we are related to, but isn't us. Um and I find, you know, I do, I do flint napping and I always think about it when I flint nap, how terrible I am at flint napping. Mm. And I would, would not have done well. And you, you just think about, I think something that human evolution has really taught me is that we don't, you know, you can't think about our ancestors as, um, I don't like using the word, but, you know, the, the word primitive. They, yeah. they weren't. Obviously they weren't. They survived. Um, they hunted. They, well, when they started eating meat and are, you know, started using fire. Um and started using tools um, and I find it really interesting when when I was at university they started depicting women in um, human evolution um, uh, drawings more and more doing things so when, when I started it was always like the women would sit around the fire and the men would be hunting and it's like why are we even putting our 20th century 21st century ideals on you know our ancestors a million years ago yeah they were certainly a lot more egalitarian well, yeah, I mean, I don't see how they couldn't have been. Um, so when you see things like the Victorian ideals of our human ancestors, it's bizarre to me that, you know, why do we assume just because we're, we are not particularly egalitarian that, you know, they weren't. Um, but then you look at, so looking at primates and looking at how structures of um, societies. So I remember when I was working with the spider monkeys, there was one particular spider monkey who was tiny. He was an adult, but he was very small and he was, he had a, um, he had a problem with one of his hands. So on one, spider monkeys only have four digits. Mm. Um, and he had on one hand, he just, he had no digits, digits at all. And the idea is, um, if you read Franz Duval in the wild, he probably wouldn't have survived because, you know, it's kind of not exactly survival of the fittest because I don't, again, I don't really like that phrase, but he probably wouldn't have survived because he couldn't eat, you know, he, he couldn't, he couldn't walk very well, but because he was in a zoo, he could. Um, and I think we, we do put a lot of, so again, thinking about the, the chimpanzees and the bonobos, we always talk about how our, when we, it's kind of a pros and cons of looking at primates when we talk about evolution and us and how mm -hmm. we take the best traits so we look at monkeys and we're like, oh, they don't, you know, they're so calm and look at the bonobos, they're so calm and they all love each other. And that's, you know, kind of like us. And then the chimpanzees are very violent. Completely. And yet they're our closest living ancestor. Yeah. So you've got um, bonobos, chimpanzees, orangutans, gorillas, all of our closest ancestors. Um, yet we seem to take what we want from them in terms of what they do. And we yeah. justify our behaviour by looking at them and I find that really difficult to deal with because you know you can't just take one element of that um and then you start looking at their societies so um, orangutans are quite solitary um <clears throat> and they look after their infants I think for something like seven years before the infant leaves the mother um but then you get chimpanzees living in massive groups and all the you know that tends to be the females live together and the males live together and obviously that doesn't reflect our, our western society our you know society in europe or america 
it does elsewhere but I don't know it just I find human evolution absolutely fascinating thinking about the really deep time and it's made me read more history so I didn't even do history at school um certainly not for a level and you realize that people don't know recent history let alone the history of you know prehistory yeah yeah really really deep history um so I think you know the more you study primates the more you understand what it is to be human both the pros and cons of that so you know you start looking at our I think I was watching something the other day that were like humans are the only species to kill just because we can kill but then there there are instances of chimpanzees doing that you know there's a video and we were shown this horrific video when we were at university and it was the first time I'd ever heard trigger warning and it was 2005 and our lecturer Volker was like you can leave the room if you need to and I was like oh gosh what is this and it was a chimpanzee attack on another chimpanzee and it was shocking because I'd never seen that before and you start thinking okay so this hasn't been talked about but we have to take this with everything else we take from them you know in terms of their behavior what they do what we do um and yeah the more we the more we study primates the more we understand who we are I think um and what we should how basically how we shouldn't let them you know die out um yeah how we should look after them better especially you know orangutans when you start thinking I don't eat palm oil because of um knowing about the orangutan habitat across um across asia or across you know borneo and um uh, sumatra around there um and just understanding how we should conserve these animals and what they mean to us um that we're not the only in effect we're not the only species of you know primates we're surrounded you know you go from lemurs all the way to us um, go from a mouse lemur which is like, I think the size of like the head of a toothbrush that's our our, our relatives in it you know in effect and yeah. then I've always wanted to go to Madagascar and see the lemurs and uh, especially eye eyes if you don't know what an eye eye is look it up it's so cool they have a really long finger that they poke at trees with oh, again I did see one in London Zoo once um, they don't have them anymore um, but again I wouldn't have seen that without a zoo but anyway um, but yeah I think for me studying human evolution I found it very calming and reassuring that we are not that we are evolving still because I think before that you don't really think about it if you're not studying it you don't necessarily think about the fact that we are obviously constantly evolving we're constantly changing and this isn't it because I think sometimes especially I'm quite a cynical person at the moment and I get quite disappointed (laughs) with um how the world is and I'm like it's okay (laughs) it's okay there have been others before us there'll be others after us they might do better a huge thank you to charlotte for being my first podcast guest we discussed many interesting topics from studying primate behavior including in zoos her own interests and their links to humanity and please leave a rating and comment and if you have any suggestions for future episodes please get in touch i'm at the sphinx thinks on instagram uh, sphinx underscore thinks on twitter and you can find my website www.sphinxthinks.com i hope you enjoyed the episode and next week i'll be talking to kat hobater about chimpanzee communication <laughs>